So good morning, everyone. Welcome to 2022. I want to say a special thanks to the elders for the opportunity to present uh, this message uh, via the video. Our family as well. Uh, we are on our way home from Missouri and ran into some icy conditions and uh, thought it would be best to overnight with Beth's parents uh, where we're safe and sound and to try and come across some icy uh, roads uh, into Illinois. So I uh, wish I could be there in person, would rather be here in person, but we're thankful for technology for this opportunity. For those of you who are in the building, we're glad that you're here. I want to invite you to Psalm 119, which is going to be on page 498. Uh, you might recall that I asked you to start bringing your Bibles to church. And so if you don't have your Bible uh, with you, whether you're in person or uh, at home, I want to encourage you to get into uh, your Bibles uh, this month specifically. And what we've called this theme for this year, the preaching theme, we're calling it the Disciples Journey. The Disciples Journey, I made that plural, Disciples Journey, because uh, we're in this following Jesus thing together, this this apprenticing to Jesus together. It's a group effort, so we need each other. And we're on this journey together. And for this next year, for 2022, I've identified a few themes that I think are foundational to disciples of Jesus, to followers of Jesus. And so, Lord willing, uh, we're going to spend uh, some good chunks of time in these different areas of the Bible and on these themes. And so, January, we're going to take five weeks to look at the disciples' journey in the Word. We're going to look at Psalm 119 and the value of God's Word in the life of the, the disciple. And then February through Easter, we're going to be journeying with Jesus, the disciples' journey with Jesus. We're going to look at the Gospel of Luke. We're going to look at some specific discipleship themes in Luke's Gospel. I'm really looking forward to that study. We're also going to spend some other times uh, looking at disciples' journey of witness. We're going to look at some of those little bitty letters like 2nd and 3rd John and Jude. We're going to look at the disciples' uh, journey of renewal or refreshment from the Old Testament prophet Ezekiel. We're going to look at some other themes like the disciples' journey of rhythm, of leadership from judges, of service, the disciples' journey of service from 1 Peter chapter 4. We're going to look at some spiritual gifts talk later next year. And then, Lord willing, uh, we'll close the year with the disciples' journey of character or holiness and looking at Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. So that's sort of our menu for this next year. Lord willing, and can I just say as a preacher, I reserve the right to adjust that if we need to, if there's some things happening that we need to adjust that. But but that's the plan as we stay in uh, today on the, the opening days of, of January 2022, the Disciples' Journey. We're going to launch into Psalm 119 for the next five Sundays, the Disciples' Journey in the Word. And Theodore Roosevelt, one of our uh, family's kind of favorite presidents, uh, basically because we like Night at the Museum. And uh, Theodore Roosevelt, he um, said this, he said, a thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education. A thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education. And can I tell you, I've got a senior in high school, and we've been looking at colleges. And can I just say, that a thorough knowledge of the Bible is so valuable. And so I'm thankful for that opportunity. And so that's what Theodore Roosevelt, one of our presidents, had to say about the study and value of the Bible. And Psalm 119, it's the longest psalm. In fact, it's probably the longest chapter in the Bible. There are 176 verses 
in Psalm 119. It's a beautiful poem. There are 22 sections or stanzas in Psalm 119, and there's eight verses in each of those stanzas or sections. And those 22 sections line up with each letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And so if you're reading through and you're like, what is Nun, or what's Samach, or what is Aleph? Those are Hebrew letters. And so in a way, Psalm 119 is the ABCs on the Bible because it's all devoted to the Word of God. And so each of those eight verses in that stanza begin with the same Hebrew letter. And so we're going to look at one stanza today, Psalm 119, verses 105 to 112. And it's each of those start with the, the Hebrew letter noon. Uh, but it's just a way, the, it's, a, it's a special way that the psalmist wanted to get the attention directed to the Word of God. C.S. Lewis had this to say in his reflections on Psalms about this Psalm 119. He said it is a pattern. It is a thing done like embroidery, stitch by stitch, through long, quiet hours, for love of the subject and for the delight in leisurely, disciplined craftsmanship. And so I can imagine the, the psalm, psalmist for Psalm 119 was uh, had your had her thread or his thread and was making a cross stitch embroidery and how it was just specific and time consuming. And then when you stand back and look at the pattern, it is so, so beautiful. That's a picture of what we have in Psalm 119. It's a beautiful patchwork on the value and the importance of God's word. God's word helps us in our walk with Jesus. And at Berlin Church, we've identified Four different stages in following Jesus where we talk about you're a seed and then you grow into a seedling and then you mature into a tree and then you become a life-giving orchard. Seed, seedling, tree, orchard. And Callie uh, Parkinson and Greg Hawkins in their book, Move, What 1,000 Churches Reveal About Spiritual Growth, they have identified reflection on Scripture. Reflection on Scripture is by far the most influential personal spiritual practice for every segment across all three movements. So if you want to get from a seed to a seedling, you need to reflect on scripture. If you want to get from a seedling to a tree, you need to reflect on scripture. If you want to be a tree to come to a tree from an, from a tree to an orchard, reflection on scripture will get you there. And so as we look at these verses from Psalm 119 a day, we're going to find out that God's word guides us in God's way. God's word guides us in God's way. If you've got your Bibles, I want to invite you to Psalm 119, verses 105 to 112. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. I've taken an oath and confirmed it, that I will follow your righteous laws. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. Psalm 119, verses 105 to 112. God's word guides us in God's ways. And that opening verse, it says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. So as we look at these handful of verses, we're going to find out how God's word is a light 
and directs our steps in three different ways. One way is that God's light gives us direction. God's light gives us direction, verses 105 and 106. Doesn't it almost seem strange calling out those long verse numbers, 105 and 106? Your word's a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. Light gives direction. If you're sitting at a stoplight and you're wanting to turn left, you either wait for that green light to, to yield on green, or in some of those situations, there's actually a left green arrow. That light is giving you the direction of where you need to go. Light gives direction. And when you're driving your car, isn't it nice to have headlights at night to give us direction to shine the way so we know where to go? Growing up, my dad, he had a Lincoln Town Car when I was in high school, and we'd get to use that every once in a while. And there was a little glitch with the headlights. Whenever they were on high beam or bright lights, after a few minutes, they would flicker on and off. And there, you'd go around a curve, and if you're on high beams very long, it would go off for a second or two, and then it'd come back on. It was just a, a glitch. It worked fine on normal beams. And so I knew that, and on occasion, we'd have a a carload full of friends, and we'd go out to the Hornet Spook Light. And I'm like, I'm going to play this trick on my friends. I'd throw them on high beams. And after a while, as we're heading down to the Spook Light, they'd go off and on and off and on. But light gives us direction. But God's Word is so much more reliable and consistent than those high beams of my dad's Lincoln Town car. The light gives us direction. If you go down just a few verses later, same psalm, Psalm 119, verse 130. 119, verse 130. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. God's word shows light. It gives understanding. It directs our steps. I want to encourage you in this month of uh, January to really find a, a plan set a goal for getting into God's Word this year. January, we always set some goals, and I want to encourage you to set a goal for what getting into God word, God's Word looks like. What does reflection on Scripture look like for you? Maybe you want to set a goal say, I want to read through the Bible this year. Then get a one-year Bible plan started and work your plan. But I want to encourage you to find a way to get into God's Word regularly. And I shared this a couple weeks ago. It's called SOAP. Wayne Cordero in his book, Leading on Empty, reminded me of it. S-O-A-P. SOAP. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. Scripture. So find your plan. Get your scripture, get your pen, get your place, and spend some time with God. Oh, observation. Jot down some observations. What are you noticing that's in this verse? Uh, write it down application. What are you going to do based on what you've read? This week I was reading Psalm 150, where it closes in verse 6, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So I wrote down, uh, I'm going to try and pay attention to my breath to this today, and whenever I am conscious of breathing, I'm going to use that as a reminder of to pray, praise God. That would be an application. Confession, I wrote that down in the morning I forgot about till that night. But I came back to it that night and I had that moment. So it still was a point to provide that application. But that's one way that looks like. And then just pray. And pray that scripture back to God. 
That's one way that you can implement the SOAP method. Scripture, observation, application, prayer. J.K. Jones, in his book with Mark Scott, they wrote a book about preaching, but it's called Letting the Text Win. We want the Bible to win when we're preaching. They offer this challenge. J.K. says, Investigate the vastness of Psalm 119 like you are Meriwether Lewis or William Clark. Walk around the text as if you were John Muir exploring the California Sierras. Would you consider getting into Psalm 119 this month and really investigating it and spending some quality time letting God's Word direct you? Another tool and something we're doing this year in 2022 is for each sermon series, we want to offer a Right Now video uh, media series. And for this series, The Journey with the Word, talking about the Bible, we're highlighting how to read the Bible with Michael DeFazio. It's in Right Now Media. If you go to the Berlin Christian Church bookshelf on Right Now Media, it'll be there. Eight sessions with Michael DeFazio. Some of you have used this in a small group before. You could use this individually. You can do this with your family. They're about 20-minute videos. And there's even handouts that you can print off if you want to take it to another level. Get with some group friends. Start a group. This is a tool. And so for each sermon series, we want to give you a companion study that you could do through Right Now Media. If you're saying, Preacher, I don't even know what you're talking about. Right Now Media. Email us or send us a note through check-in or call the church at 217-488-6204 and we can set you up. It's a free account. You can play it on your phone, on your computer, your smart TV. There's a lot of variety of ways to utilize this. But Michael DeFazio is a gifted teacher. I had the opportunity to walk around the Holy Land with him back in 2016. Many of our young people have heard him preach at Nationwide Youth Roundup. He is a gifted teacher and communicator, and he will just help you. If you're saying, I really love to understand the Bible, but I just, it's so confusing, Michael will help you understand how to read the Bible. I want to also encourage you, maybe you're at home today, and before you log off, or after you log off from here, maybe you uh, skip over to Right Now Media and spend another 20 minutes to get started with Michael DeFazio, and that would be a great follow-up to this uh, sermon today. How to read the Bible right now, media. But God's Word is light that gives direction. A second way that we see light showing up in our text in Psalm 119 is that light gives warnings. Light gives warnings. It's there in verses 107 to 110. Let's read those again. Psalm 119, 107 to 110. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. Light can give warnings. There's snares out there, but light gives warnings. We see that uh, during... Uh, planting and harvest season on our farm vehicles. We see those bright yellow and orange lights to remind us that there is a slow-moving vehicle nearby. you got to pay attention. It's, it's a warning. We use uh, lights to warn people, hey, we're going to turn. And so we put a turn signal on. It's a warning saying, hey, I'm going to turn left or I'm going to turn right. Or if we're pulled off to the side of the road, we push that little triangle button and that's going to show some hazard lights. Slow down. Don't hit the back of me. We have warning lights in our 
with our police officers and fire trucks and ambulances, those are lights to warn you saying, hey, help is on the way. Please move out of the way so that we can come through. Pay attention. God's word is a warning light to direct us to say, hey, pay attention. And there are some things out there that are dangerous. And we want to keep you away from those dangers. In the book, Knowing Scripture, we read these words. If I were the devil, one of my first aims would be to stop folk from digging into the Bible. Knowing that it is the word of God, teaching people to know and love and serve the God of the word, I should do all I could to surround it with spiritual equivalents of pits, thorn hedges, and man traps to frighten people off. At all costs, I should want to keep them from using their minds in a disciplined way to get the measure of its message. He was pretending, you know, I think if I was the evil one, I'd put some traps around the Word of God because if people get to the Word of God, it's going to change their life. It's going to put them on a good path. It's going to warn them. And so there are dangers out there. And so God's Word is light to warn us against the dangers. One example that we can find in God's Word of, of some warnings is found in the book of Proverbs. A lot of good Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 6, it's on page 515 if you've got a pew Bible, 515 in the pew Bibles. But Proverbs chapter 6, verses 20 through 24. Proverbs is right after Psalms, so if you're in Psalms, just go to the next book, Proverbs chapter 6. And we have this uh, instructions of a father to his son. Proverbs 6, verse 20. My son, keep your father's command. And do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them always on your heart. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. For this command is a lamp. This teaching is a light. And correction and instruction are the way to life keeping you from the, your neighbor's wife, from the smooth talk of a wayward woman. The instructions are light and a lamp, warning them away from the potential evils or dangers that lurk around the corner. God's word is a light that gives direction. Third way that we see God's word as a light in our text is that it is a light that gives life is a light that gives life. Verses 111 and 112, Psalm 119. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. You hear there, statutes are my heritage or inheritance forever. There's great joy in my heart. The, my heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. There's something long-lasting about the light that God brings into our lives when we open up His Word. I've been thinking about how God's light brings life. I'm thinking of uh, guys like Joe Wilson, missionaries that we've supported through World Mission Builders. He's gone on to be with Jesus, but he teamed up with, with guys like Don Miller and many of you that are watching today to build the Berlin Church building back in 08. 
And that commitment to God's word and preaching was something that has endured. And, and he's got a building that's, that's giving God glory and is a tool for ministry. And it's outlived Don and, and Joe and others. But more than just physical buildings, those people have invested their lives into others who are following Jesus. And so can I just think, invite you to say, you know, when you get into God's word, and you share that with your family, parents with your kids, grandmas with your grandchildren, with your neighbors, with the people in your sphere of influence, that's going to have a ripple effect. And those disciples that you make are going to make disciples that will make disciples. And that there's going to be a heritage. And when you go home to be with Jesus, there's still going to be people loving Jesus because of your commitment to God's word your investment in the light of life. Light brings life. We need light. Don't you, don't you just feel better on a sunshiny day? Light brings life. Plants need light to, to make that photosynthesis happen, and they can take that energy and turn it in, turn, take that light, turn it into energy, and turn that energy into oxygen, and we can breathe that oxygen. But if it were not for that light, those plants would not survive we would not have oxygen to survive. So light brings life, and God's word is a light that brings life. Some of the opening words of scripture, the first words spoken, said, let there be light, Genesis 1 verse 3. And there was light. And you go to John's gospel, John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Again, it's in the New Testament. You get Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Those are the four Gospels. We call them Gospels because they're the good news of Jesus. And John writes down some things. And Jesus is, is speaking in the temple in John chapter 8. He says these words, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is the light of the world. And when you walk with him in his light, you have the light of life, you will not walk in darkness. And I was reading in my one-year Bible this week, I was in Revelation 22, verse 5, and light shows up again. Revelation 22, verse 5, talk about new heaven, new earth. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. No more need for lamps, because God and the Lamb, Jesus, are the light that give light in the new heaven, new earth. Donald Whitney raises the perfect question in his book, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. He asked, if your growth in godliness was measured by the quality of your Bible intake. The quality of your Bible intake. Not the quantity, the quality of your Bible intake. What would be the result? This is an important question, for the truth is, your growth in godliness is greatly affected by the quality of your Bible intake. So as we launch into 2022, I want to encourage all of us to increase the quality of our Bible intake. 
the disciples journey in the word remember reflection on scripture will help you become a better follower in any stage of your spiritual growth and as we look at psalm 119 this month we find out that god's word guides us in god's way i'm thankful uh, for you to take time uh, join us in worship today. Thank you for this opportunity to study God's Word with you. I hope you'll get into Psalm 119. As we uh, turn our attention toward the rest of our, our time together, I just want you to know that if, if God's speaking to your heart and you have some questions, you can always leave a, a question to us through the check-in tab on our website, BerlinChristianChurch.org. You can also um, you know, speak to a, a leader or a Christian, an elder, at, if you're in the building today before you leave, I know they would be happy to pray with you. If you want to know what it looks like to be a Christian or to be baptized or to take that next step in your walk with Jesus, we would like to help you on your journey. So please reach out to us either through the website or in person, or you can always call the church office and we will follow up with you as soon as we can. I want to close our time in prayer. And again, Happy New Year. God bless you, Lord will, and we'll see each other face-to-face uh, -face next Sunday. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for the Holy Word. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the Word that is the light of life. Your Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And I pray that we would walk in your light in 2022 and beyond. For your glory we pray. Amen. Peace.